do remote recording with Trevor Bumgarner, the beautiful. <laughs> oh, no, not in my face. <laughs> I zoomed in on you, but then it was all up in my... <laughs> Anyway, uh, ask us some questions. We'll talk about it on the pod, uh, and we may even just shout you out. So let's get it. Ask them. That's no problem. What you do? What you doing that's different? Uh, instead of using this program called Soundflower, I'm using <gasps> Black Hole. Oh, like my booty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what up, baby? All right, uh, uh, welcome everybody we, to the Faking Notes podcast. Faking Notes. Was that first part in there? Because it, it is. It is. I'm very happy. I'm very happy right now. He is Thank very you. happy. All right, we're, we're doing this again. It's remote. 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 Booty chokes via the Skypes. Booty chokes. We choking booties now. Is that what we're speaking of choking booties? Ted Bundy. This is a very important moment. So we we get to witness. Uh, as an audience, the the psyche of someone who is ramping up for an orchestral audition. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> what you want to know? Do you want to know on a scale from one to ten how depressed I am? Because Let's hear it. We like scales guess here. What? We're musicians. We like scales. What? Where are we at? Uh, we're about uh, three <laughs> packs. Two packs of peachos and a patch of gummy, uh, gummy cherries. I already ate one last night. I also got a pack of Reese's and the of uh, those Reese's like unwrapped in the freezer right now. Oh my god, because, dude, he's pulling out all these snacks. When you, dude, when you, nothing feels feels better than you got that like grocery bag of snacks, and you have to like pull out all your other plastic snacks, dude. That's that's amazing. So that's how it's going well. Uh, my viola's on my bed right now. I've got my iPad on my stand right behind me that's open to excerpt number seven, which is a Benjamin Britten viola solo. It's one of 20. I can't uh, believe there's 20. Is that normal? Is that a 20. lot? That's a ton, dude. I think Laco was only 12. Wow. And they were all 20, dude. And like, 20. I just, uh, uh, I, I put it, I put in my story that I was practicing, um, I was practicing an Einheld and Laban shift that's just very iconic. Every violist knows exactly where it is. <laughs> so I had a really good friend of mine uh, reach out and say, like, oh, my God, I'm practicing that right now. And she sent me a screenshot. Uh, unfortunately for me, this violist is way better than me. She's a Curtis grad. Oh, so, uh, oh uh, Yeah. So, yeah. And she already subs with Philly and oh. all these other. You get some shift, some shift hints. <laughs> So, no, no, so I was like, oh, so I'm not winning this job. Like, <laughs> like oh, this you, is just not happening. You never know. And if anything, at least it's an experience. God. Oh, my God. And so, like, you got 20 of these suckers to learn. They're all meticulously detailed. Uh, and you've been just, like, <clears throat> prepping away. I've been, dealing crying, with all I've that. been crying. No, man, because, like, with Nam. And, and then, then Grammys. And then all, like, just a whole bunch of, no offense, just a lot of email inquiries for brand deals, for um, for weddings and stuff. Like, I just haven't even had time to practice them. I had I had three group muses last week. When was that? 
When was I going to practice exit? <laughs> the the so. I I guess this also brings up a good point for our uh, audience is that one thing you also see besides the training and skills of like you see these like very young people winning jobs fresh out of college. A big mm-hmm. part of that too is that while you're in school, take advantage of having time to actually practice because when you get to yeah. real life as a musician, that's gone. Uh, it's that's very. Gone. That's why you don't see many, even these professionals going on and moving, switching between orchestras, is because it's it's very hard, uh, particularly if you're working like a day job or just you're a working musician and you got all <clears> these gigs. It's very hard to set aside that time. You have students. You will never yeah. be able to practice as much as nope. as you are as a student, even though you're busy, you're exhausted, you're like, I don't know how to do this. It, at least on the practice front, it gets worse. So I'm actually more surprised when it's like a 40-year-old wins an audition. There was one, I can't remember if it was the New York Phil's, one of the big orchestras. It might have been the Phil. Mm-hmm. I think it was the cellist was a string player or maybe the Met. Um, and she was, the article was just talking about how she was a mom, like raising her kids and oh, like practicing shit. for this audition. And I could just not imagine like think of what you think of what we do and like don't get accomplished. Like think of like raising <laughs> another, like think of another raising a human. So she's she was talking about it. Like one of the the hardest part, but the benefit was that um, <laughs> she she had to be ridiculously efficient because yep. you might have an hour a day if you're a family or like I mean, maybe if you're two a lucky if you're yeah lucky. if you're lucky. And so oh it God. it is a it is a good point that like it's. Yes, experience comes into play. You you can probably could get by with less work, but students, like that's why these young kids are winning. And if you're still in school now, you know, just, just consider that, that yes, you're tired, you're stressed, but you, you won't be able to practice as much when you get out, when you have to, you know, pay your taxes and mow your lawn and start a podcast. Um, that and just like get ready for <laughs> your coffee addiction because you just there's not like practicing practicing any instrument takes so much brain power oh and so much God. energy bro i practiced four hours yesterday and i was useless for the rest of it i i couldn't do anything else i practiced solidly for four hours a solid four, that's a little bit that's done. an insane workout these are called these are college numbers man i'm putting up college numbers right now but i've already it's what? It's almost 4 p.m. I started practicing. How deep wow. into coffee are we? I I had I've had three mugs. Oh my god! See, three Drew's had so coffee. much coffee. See, so Skype. Yeah. You, they did that like blur background feature. It's actually just all yeah. blur. He's just oh going, no, that's just Drew's yeah, just I'm he's going he's going too fast for me. I only see blur. I'm, I'm like Pikachu using agility. <laughs> just <laughs> there were like three of me. <laughs> but, but but what's what's most daunting and 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 that is you know and something that i'm encountering because i just got confirmation yesterday of a second audition uh Congrats. later at the end of march so you get to do this all over yeah, again got to get to do it all with different excerpts hell yeah yeah boy. how how much overlap is there like, like i have a cup look bro i'm gonna i'm gonna take this I'm gonna take it one step at a time. I'm gonna do this audition. I'm gonna finish this audition. I'm gonna hang out with my boy Nathan Chan up in Shout Seattle. Shout out Nathan. We're gonna make we're gonna make some videos. We're gonna chill. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna clean my room. We're talking spring cleaning deep. 
spring Get cleaning. up up in that carpet. Take the week off. Vacuum out yes. the dust. I bought, I, bought a, I bought a new vacuum. Nice. I bought uh, some implements to clean my keyboard. I'm going to clean my whole desk. I'm going to clean my computer out. And then I'm going to take that week to just not do anything. Good. And then I'm going to accept this <laughs> podcast, of course. And then uh, the next week I'm going to be going to Richmond. So, uh, oh my God, you're going to Richmond. I forgot yeah, about dude, that. I just got called to man, this, yeah. man, this next audition is going to come up quick. And the, yes, it is because I have South by Southwest before oh, then. I totally forgot you did that too. Jeez. Bro. I mean, you got to be cataloging all this because it's it's kind of like those people having to work out. Uh, you know, like those, those <laughs> like, uh, like weight training and like fitness influencers. Yeah. One of the hard parts oh. that they have to deal with is that they're traveling and doing brand stuff and all these things. But yet they're away from this gym. So it's. It's inspiring when it works out. I mean, it's going to be tough. There, There is always, and here's one thing I think, for the most part, there are, even if, like, say, other things happen. I, I This happened to my, uh, my one of my students currently, a student mm-hmm. student. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't quite ready for an audition into, like, a, kind of an all-state situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, newer to the instrument, relatively new to the lessons, like, really getting comfortable, and was just... It, it wasn't going to go how you'd want it to go. But I kept telling uh, him and the parents, like, like make him do it. Don't let him back out. Like, go in there. Mm-hmm. And I was, because you, you learn, I was like, going and failing that audition is more important than going and, like, winning that. Like, going mm-hmm. to, like, learn anything. And even by, like, failure, you could just play great and just not get it or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's... The act of doing it, kind of the ride the bicycle metaphor. Like auditions, you, you if you think about it, like how many hours of your life have you auditioned? Barely any. Yeah, Prepping, barely any Like hours. if you think about it, if yeah. you're in, yeah, like what is Juilliard? Like maybe you're in there for, for eight minutes. 15. You know. The, the, my Juilliard one was 15, but that was the longest audition I've ever had. Yeah, like 15 and then orche- orchestra. Like I've probably been in like an hour. Like under a le- easily less than an oh, hour of, yeah. of orchestral auditions. Oh, of total, yeah. like like total, like add it up because it's not like yeah. it took a ton back when I was playing mm-hmm. a bunch. And even just add in almost every audition. Let's say sub two mm-hmm. hours, and think about how are you going to get good at something if you've actually done the thing less than two hours? Think about exactly. athletes, mm-hmm. like like for football, Pop Warner, uh, middle school, high school, traveling teams, college. Uh, spring training, like all these things, like the, these football players, like, yes, they'll, they'll train for forever. But mm-hmm. one of the reasons why you can hold some of the critiques for like, why, why don't things go well in the, the preseason? Heck, they even have a preseason is the game time is very different than practice time. Uh, mm-hmm. You try to do what you can in practice time and your downtime mm-hmm. and that to set your up yourself up as an athlete to be mm-hmm. prepared. They're talking about mm-hmm. mental reps. They're they're spending mm-hmm. hours in the, of the day in the gym, but until you put it into practice, game day, mm-hmm. those overtimes, those game time situations, it's the same thing here. So that that time is critical. You will have less of it. You can't just go audition every day. That doesn't happen. No, uh, no you can't. And so even, even going in there just to kind of like learn the ropes mm-hmm. uh, and get used to that different type of anxiety, that different yeah. type of stress, is valuable oh, yeah. because yeah, rather than preparing and not doing it, uh, you know, everyone just go out there, you know, I encourage you go in there regardless of, of how you're feeling 
and just get those reps. You know, it's golf. Get in the sand, the bunker occasionally Mm -hmm. so you can learn to like get yourself out of it, even if you're only there, you know, two, three times around or if you're me, you're there. And since since I'm an expert on auditioning, obviously, (laughs) because I've won everyone. Every single uh, one. You're batting 100. Every single one. I'm batting a thousand, my guy. No, what, what I think is super important is also, and what I learned from Laco, is that don't don't take one audition at a time. Take multiple auditions mm-hmm. around the same time because I, I look back at my success with auditions, and the first ones are never good. Like when it comes to grad school, my first audition was CIM. I was rejected from CIM. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second audition was Eastman. I was accepted to Eastman. Third one, NEC was accepted. Fourth one, Juilliard. I was accepted. I had to get that first CIM audition out of the way. And that's and it, is that just by chance? Well. I mean that it, that like Juilliard was like the last audition because I mean that, if you could if you could plan it, that's that. a great way to do it. I didn't uh, choose that. Juilliard just has it super late because mm-hmm. you know they have to also they couple it with like spring break, so it's like one yeah. week of auditions, and then they have the week of spring break. So mm-hmm. it's for students, it's two weeks off because um, the whole school shuts down for auditions. I don't think people realize that. Jul- yeah. There aren't any. It's students a new. In yeah, unless they're like running the tables. I think it's it's exactly. kind of great because they get it's it out smart. of the way. I feel bad mm-hmm. for universities and professors because you know it's three weekends of audition. Now the pro flexibility for other students. The con, I don't feel bad. The con sucks for all the professors. <laughs> to, I don't, to stay dude, they get every paid weekend. enough. They get paid enough. They're good. Do they? They can suck it up. <laughs> they, they can suck it up. Do they get paid uh, enough? I don't know about that. Oh, also shout out to my boy, Joseph Conyers. He's a uh, bassist with Philadelphia. Uh, he's from Savannah, Georgia. He's a fellow Georgian. He just got a, a faculty position at Georgia. I saw that. Double bass. Yeah. Yep. Dude, he yep. looks fresh too. He looks like he could be a model. Uh, Oh, he was a bot. He's a bodybuilder. Oh my he, god! He's of won course. bodybuilding competitions. Jesus, of yeah, course. dude. There's this. So new he trend. taught me you could do yeah. more. You could do more than just be a base. Dude, this guy was crushing because I saw that photo and it's like I was like, yes, he's talented, but that could also be like a like a Getty oh, yeah. image or something. Oh hell! Yeah. If you're just, just oh, yeah. like fit musician, like in suit. Like, like he was That's like, a beautiful chocolate man right he was, there, He was man. looking fresh. And I was Shout like, out. Julia, Juilliard's <laughs> like their like faculty like looks rating just like oh. bumped up like. Uh, Rate my professor yeah. off the charts, but also like oh, that yeah. record. There's this new, there's this whole new like thing. I know a couple of musicians like our age who are playing. Actually, one up in Seattle, um, John. He's a is a horn player. Um, oh, word! He's John in Turman. the symphony with Nathan. John, yeah, John Thurman. Nathan. He's he's a he's he's a nice guy. Blast from the past. I knew him from my North Carolina mm-hmm. days. Uh, really nice guy. Like, uh, but he just I think his recent like. He seems to have one of those, like, uh, not type A, but just the personalities where really gets into things and, like, focuses mm-hmm. in on them, and which mm-hmm. is great for, really good for music uh, if you, if you mm-hmm. want to be able to get up into that tier. And, like, I think his most recent thing, it seems like the past year or so, has been, like, powerlifting. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's been doing it. So he was always, he always seemed in good health anyways. And then suddenly I see mm-hmm. these photos and he's, like, He's like huge. So now he's got this giant yeah. beard, Seattle beard. He's playing horn and he'll post yeah. like him playing like recorder videos. He'll like learn little yeah. instruments. And then suddenly, next thing I know, <laughs> he's a power lifter and he's doing like yeah. power lifting competitions. Now, my favorite, like shocking, like, you know, 
kind of ordinary person or like just the biggest contrast of like who you wouldn't think would be a power lifter. One of our professors, a former head of theory, uh, I won't dox him here, but a former head of I know exactly the department. Really nice guy, violist, uh, wonderfully like academic, intelligent, you know, yeah. your consummate nerd. Uh, is now powerlifting, so y- y- you mm-hmm. you really never know. Like the mo- about as academic as you can get, and a great teacher. Uh, and next thing you know, he's just like, oh yeah, I'm like I'm trying to like you know deadlift this three three fifty. That's my like goal. <laughs> and then it's like, what are you going to go go home good. and learn another language and write a book about Mozart? It's well, it's incredible. Look, it's good to focus on your health as a musician. I don't think we do it enough. You need to be in shape. It makes you better. And we're seeing these people do, and it's kind of like Makes inspiring to see. And now there's articles about it. I can't remember if it's again someone in one of the big groups, you know, like ultra marathons. Uh, these cyclists, yes. a lot of actually, the, these Juilliard uh, faculty members are, are cyclists, and like some of them are very serious about it. They go around, mm-hmm. they'll do races, and I think it's nice to have. Uh, and let's I think yeah, like other hobbies, other kind of for them, it seems to be it's yeah it's the next step. It's like an obsession. It's part of them. And I think that's nice in that. Uh, and I guess I need to like look for that. Like maybe we can consider this pod or like these types of things or the social media as somewhat of that obsession, the presence, because with these other people there, it allows you to say if something else is going wrong, if, if, if all your eggs or in music, your practice, if, if your life is kind of centered solely around music, if you have a couple bad practice days or a couple bad auditions or a couple uh, whatever performances that are going, tying you down, like your motivation's gonna, you know, well, the motivation waves, it's gonna drop. Uh, and if it's all in music, you guys might be in trouble. But what's nice about having multiple activity streams, multiple focuses, is that when one's down, you're not feeling your best performance. You're just not quite motivated to get in that practice room. At least you're fit. Get on the bike. Bike around. When you're tired, you don't want to cycle, you can get in the practice room. You can still be active in and, like, improve yourself without, um, like, really kind of, like, wasting downtime. So I don't know. I think, I like, looking at more of these people and hearing you mention it and seeing seeing uh, what a snack uh, orchestral Julia professor basis could be, um, <laughs> I got I to gotta get a better suit and I need to go start lifting. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the Taking Notes podcast where we uh, yeah. provide nothing but value, value for value. your eardrums and your brain and tips. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. No, I, I think I think that that's that's super valid. I, I really just want to reiterate that. If you make money from one stream of income, you will forever be broke. I swear to God. The only way to achieve financial freedom, if that's what you want, is to have multiple streams of revenue. It's and the, the way safest. It's, it's, it's safer, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also just it, it, it makes your earning potential go through the roof. And uh, with such a technological upheaval that we're enduring right now, uh, especially with automation and, and, and AI, it's important to have as many skills as possible, especially as we're delegating a lot of these skills to AI, these quantitative, mm-hmm. 
quantitative, these left brain skills, cultivating a more right brain creative endeavor will actually be way more in demand, I believe, in the coming decades. So understanding how to make how to do Photoshop or understanding how to do motion graphics or understanding how to create content is super a useful. skill. It's, it's in demand. It is so in demand. I think that if you're really looking for some serious work, just learn how to make content and I, then go make it for somebody else. Literally That's today, to really literally today I was talking to a longtime friend and not listener of the pod, Safadad. Um, great composer doing really well. <laughs> and particularly he's just a great example. That was shady. That was fucking shady, by the way. Shady? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I no, hear you I don't just listen know. to this pod. He, no, bro. because he's he's gotta go be Time like successful. He's gotta be. He actually might totally listen to this and he'll message me and be like, yo. And then I'll Saad. have to give him like three shout-outs uh Saad. of like positivity. No, but he's Saad, yeah. I'm gonna break your legs and I'm gonna give you a hug. Yeah, Saad, if you hear this, <laughs> I'm behind you. Turn coming around. for you. Yeah, but um, he's, he's a great composer, and why we drop his name is because you should check out his stuff. But one thing particular about him is and why he's a great example is he's he somehow struck like a really good balance between multiple things, got a good head on his shoulders to where he's writing great music for now. It's interesting, it's new, and he's very self-aware of his like time in history and like his goals and what he wants. He knows what he wants. He knows how to go get it. He's also got a great business sense, particularly for today, to still be living in what's ostensibly like an, an old genre, so to speak, of classical music, to still be forward-looking, to work within institutions, to pave new ways. He's just a good good person to look at. And he's making uh, a nice living off of writing contemporary classical music. Not many people are actually doing that. Uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't necessarily need an institution to do it either. But one particular thing that I just literally saw today and actually messaged him about is he's got a new clarinet concerto coming up. And uh-huh. uh is John gonna play it? No, <laughs> I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name, even though I watched the video. He's mm. he plays with like the Silk Road ensemble. So he's like mm. one of like the guys and perfect <laughs> for Sod's music. So it's with the Princeton Symphony. Um I'm sure I I know of some some other orchestras of of big name and stature as well are gonna be playing it. Because uh, he's got good business sense and it's a great piece, but it was it was a, a very nice uh, what I would say typical outside of music but very rare in music promotional video where it's you know the editing's tight it's him talking about the piece it's the performer talking about the piece you know pans over the orchestra you're hearing the music in the background he's talking it's very personable the camera moves the great the lighting the great it's just well produced it's what you'd expect. Uh, like an ESPN interview or, you know, 60 Minutes or something, like an actual show of content you consume outside of music, but that you rarely see in classical music. Some is awareness, some is funds that cost a lot of money. And so I reached out to him. I was like, yo, this video is like really well produced. I was like, did, did like the symphony, you know, do that? And he's like, no, I did it. I was like, what? To, to promote an orchestral piece, an orchestral premiere, he goes out and makes a three to four minute Video And, like, you wouldn't think he organized. He went through the group 410 Media. They do a lot of recent kind of music videos and it seemed to be doing great work. But he just, he he plainly said to me, and now that I reveal our conversation, was just, he's like, he's like, he just noticed his media and consumption habits and what draws his attention. And he's like, why would I expect that my audience wouldn't want that either? 
Yeah. And like that's, simply, that's but, and so he knew to, he, he invested, I'm sure just time and money to help organize this, get this all settled, to promote a piece, to do what almost no one does except the New York Phil with like a, a, a big name piece. It's very rare. And so I told him it was smart. He gets to walk around in a, what is a vacuum of content space. He can fill that. He can, that three to four minute video will probably do more for him, particularly for not audience things, for grants, money, you name it. Because on the day of him just sending off a piece, a, a, like, you know, a 30 minute SoundCloud link to some obscure string in clarinet concerto, like, Shout out like like the, the <laughs> sending even the link being like, hey, here's my portfolio or sending even samples. You know, no, we're past that. We, we're used to video. We're used to now not only video, high quality production and presentation. It better be high quality. And, and he realized that through. and he's put it in there. He put his his money where his brain is. And I think it's a good business sense. He will have that piece. It'll that piece isn't going anywhere. You know, the next 10 years. He's got that in the bag. It, it'd be better than even oh, yeah. getting a great recording, like paying for a massive recording of the piece. Like he's got a business card. He's talking in it. He's telling a story. There's images in there. It's beautiful. It's in a tight package. I could show that regardless of how like crazy mm. out there the piece is. And I, and like I only get to hear packages. a little bit. He gets to, he can send that link to people who know nothing about contemporary music. He can send it to professionals and they will consume it and like it and will probably want to know more about him, want to give him more money, want to do things because he's doing that and almost no one else is doing that. And so he's he's adapting, he's putting the money in there. And now he seems very interested in this business side of things. He's always been mm-hmm. interested in composition. He's going to keep doing that. But then where's he putting his other time after the exhausting, you know, what, three hours a day of writing? He's exhausted shifting whatever energy's left into the business side of things, promotion, getting it out there. So like mm. that's just a, a good example of a place where it it's rarely done and he's he's just f- looking out following the market thinking ahead and going out and just doing the thing being a boss being a boss being a boss, boss. well look at the end of the day if if you don't have money you need to, to delegate you need to do it yourself otherwise yeah, gonna nobody's going to do it for you like here's the deal like until you break your back and are so busy uh, that you can't really do anything else, nobody's going to call you. I think I've said it before. Nobody wants me to do anything for them for money until I'm too busy to even but work for myself. There's also That's that the quote. There's that quote about like if you want something done, go to the busiest person you know because they <laughs> kind of like know how to get stuff done. And then a counter, it's like you have to work again because I was at home today. So obviously I consumed a lot of podcast and media. Uh, I was watching one, you know, like a six successful tips of media composers or whatever. And he uh-huh. mentioned. Who? Uh, Who is he? Uh, his name's uh, Chris Henson. He's he's the owner of this this company that makes a lot of the sample libraries. But he's very open, very vocal about what he does. And he was talking about your roles as like a creative, but also uh, you're the CEO of yourself. Um, and one thing he he mentioned was a couple of different variations of the quotes of like, um, what you say no to is, is how you know yourself or like, that's more revealing. You can keep saying yes, you can keep saying yes, but until, and what you, what you turn down is probably more revealing of what you're doing with your time. So then mm-hmm. it's, it's about figuring out like, 
yes, when you're starting out, you need to say yes to a lot of things to get experience and understand. But at some point, and many of you are probably getting to that point, then figuring out the no's and the yeses. It's kind of annoying because we get all these quotes where everyone say yes to everything, say yes to everything. And then, you know, three, and then three weeks later, everyone say no to everything, say no to thing. But of course, what does that leave us with? Maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, maybe it. But being able to choose, like understanding that saying no to something frees you up time uh, to do something else. And I think I kind of liked just that quote. There was also like a, a Tom Hanks quote of the same thing. I even just uh, saved it where, um, here, I'll even just pull it up. Tom Hanks once said, or this is attributed to Tom Hanks, what you say no to defines you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said no to the Grammys last year. What was that did, say and that defines you. said just, just like me. big idiot. No. Like, okay, we got to get <laughs> we gotta get him back here twice next year, man. And you did it. You made up, oh. man. <laughs> but... Well, see, I, I've been saying no to a lot of uh, my friends who want to play video games. I've been saying a lot of no's. It says that. a lot about you, man. I've been practicing excerpts, no. man. <laughs> I'm a quitter. Dude, I honestly... got to play these games. That's honestly a really... I want to have that career in the future. I want to be able to like be a streamer when I'm, after the kids go to college and shit. And I'm trying to transition to my next career. <laughs> you know, I heard. You know, um, that's what I want to. Do. Yeah, one thing I guess and we've talked about it is like planning downtime. I've never done it. I need to, but uh, I've heard. I know some people personally who've gone on and won auditions, and like, what do they do? They just kind of practice and play video games. And it was because they put yep. in that that you know you're kind of three hour creative cap, and then mm-hmm. they allow themselves to relax. They weren't worried about like up, oh, gotta put in another hour. Like, no, it's not as beneficial. Um, <clears throat> Rumor has it via via the grapevine. It's also like uh, the bassoonist of the Met. <laughs> Everyone's just like, I mean, they knew he was like ridiculously talented. But they were kind of surprised. Like, yeah, he just like practiced and like played a bunch of Skyrim. And then he won the Met job. <laughs> and looked, I think, like, that's and they were joking it. about it. Like, it's just, I was like, oh my God, I know what my problem yeah, is. But you, they have I jobs? didn't play, yeah, I didn't yeah. play enough Skyrim. <laughs> I think that was my issue. But yeah. um, I think that was a good strategy in that, yeah. you know, kind of like, Tune it out, you know, do something kind of fun and mindless. Uh, and that way, when you're in there, uh, you can put in the work, but to know that you don't have to exhaust yourself. I love how the sun set at the same time for both for of us. For both of our place? Like, like bo- both, of our, <laughs> both of our respective screens have gone completely dark in like the past 45 <laughs> seconds. Because the sun is is peaking over the horizon. One thing you but, mentioned uh, to, yeah. to segue back specifically to financials. Uh, I mean, we are looking at the multiple income streams. One thing to not. I know we we deal with a lot of these career things. That always find your balance. I think it is great. We've been seeing more of these articles and people talking specifically like to not impose like side hustles onto all your ventures. Uh, because everything's been like capitalism, 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 where it's like every single side hustle, anything you remotely enjoy must be turned into a a revenue stream. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to advocate for that. But what we can do is is advocate for still trying to find multiple and see if you can find efficiencies, ones that that complement each other. So for instance, video editing, this marketing, this branding, and Mm -hmm. being a musician, those complement each other. What do you do? You film yourself doing music. Boom. Uh, it's a win-win. They they feed each other while both being different, 
both being uh, valuable to others for different purposes while not absorbing all of your time. And that fitness part, actually, it, it does complement other stuff, but you, you, know, you, don't have to mon- you don't have to monetize. That doesn't have to be the monetized element. But one Unless of the, you the want to become an Instagram thought. I mean, like, sh- unless you're trying you to be like, like us. I mean, hey. Unless you're trying yeah, to be like no. us and trying to get that Girl, pod look at these vibe. legs, boy. Look at these legs, See, boy. The blur, it, it just like, it shut off your yeah, face and just looked at them legs. It was just look, like look at them legs. It was like mm. it's like no, you need to see this. Some of that that mm. the, the, get our get our leg hair <laughs> leg hair that natural Skype blur. Bro, I I did the uh, Runyon Canyon hike the other day. How was it? Uh, that's a lot of. That that's was, just kind of up. Uh, it's just up. Yeah, it's just up. I didn't like. I like the what I do. I like the climbing, <laughs> which is the other side of the hills, because mm-hmm. it's just vertical, 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 and then a slow wind down because it's a circle. But Runyon's just up. I've been tired from it for the past 48 <laughs> hours. Like all I could muster this morning was like 10 minutes of jump rope. Well, well we should, play. next down. time you're, let's, let's plant. Cause I'm always down to hike. Dude. Yeah, I totally. I'm probably going to do it when I get back. It's just much, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. And we could probably get some funny memes from it. Because I'm we down. Yeah. We'd be getting pod. sweaty. See oh, that I have a question. Let's hear it. I have a question for you. Okay, so Boutique Paul asks, "Oh, the what classic, is the the classic, the big homie. fan. Uh, what a uh, what? Which pie is best? Is what he asks. Which pie? I already know my answer. But what's your- I can't say say but <laughs> why not? Is it, are we thinking the same yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. We're saying okay, but now you go. Uh, <laughs> cream pie." <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Like we're we're two dudes who are still that's who have easy. internet. Like, yeah, that's it's too just, easy. Yeah, like that's okay, which pie? Yeah, like that's why I, pre- I pre-censored mine. Um, in uh, in 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 seriousness, uh, apple pie a la mode is the best. Ooh, don't it? warm apple pie a la mode. I don't mode. know because I, I love apple. Vanilla. This is tough because the only time you really I really get pie is like. Your sweet potato pie Thanksgiving times. Mm. Ah, I like pie. to cheat though. Let, let's shift. So in the pie format, cheesecake okay. is awesome. I love cheesecake. What's it's up, so Shiloh? Bad for you. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Shiloh? So I know shy. you can. He can Does hear. He, hear, he hears Uncle Drew. He hear, hears Uncle Drew. He's he's just like he's like I know. Uh, he wants cheesecake oh. too. It's okay. Let me I, ignore look, this. Off. Look, say what you will about the dog. I feel so fulfilled that a little animal like that loves me <laughs> so deeply <laughs> that when he hears my voice, he's like, where is he? He's looking around. I want to bite him. Dude, yeah. Okay, what if, what if the viola had the octave lower E string like a bass? So we're talking, we're in like guitar land where we just start adding strings. Like a baritone yeah, yeah, yeah. viola. What if? A seven string J- uh, viola. Jasco... Emser asks this. What if what if the viola had low E? Well, um, nobody would ever play it. So <laughs> it uh, would actually probably be like physically hard to play. That's one of the problems when they start adding the lower strings, like you get seven eight-string guitars. It actually gets hard mm-hmm. to play and it becomes more niche. But it is cool in that <laughs> you can you can start to you, you only have really four go, fingers. Yeah, you could really go off the rails. The nice, like those notes are pretty cool. It's just it gets 
uh, I don't I don't see a problem with it, but who knows if it gets widely adopted? Like it's hard, isn't it hard enough for four strings? Uh, but you see those it's in a lot of hard. solo shows. Like mm. if you think about it uh, in guitar terms, all the popular bands they're still going to use your typical guitars. But when you get more niche into more metal, more obscure, where like virtuosity is featured, then you start to see these these shit. seven strings, eight strings, like you know, six string basses, all these where that's the Prog, feature bro. where, yeah, yeah. Where you're looking, the instrument is, is taking on a life of its own. So I'm sure there's a place for it. I mean, there are some currently, uh, if you think Which about like it, a, uh, there's like violins with that are extended. There's like six string violins, people running concertos for yeah, those. There's, it sounds cool. There's seven string, there's six string viola. It Again, sounds cool. B flat and F string. Yeah. Like, you know, Sorry, seek F it out. and be fleshy. It's yeah. just like, seek it out, do it. I don't, yeah, I don't really know how to give any Viper. better, more interesting answer. Shout out, Matt Bell, Electric Dream. Shout out, shout that. out to uh, Mark Wood Violin. Mark Wood Violin, shout Reddit. out. Six string. Yo, so this is actually a really important question. Uh, Nathan P S Z Y K. I don't know how to say his last name. P S Y K. He asked Psych? me. Uh, how do you deal with negativity about your viola skills? Or oh my god, bassoon skills. How do you deal with it? I want to hear how you deal with it. Uh, or composition. Well, the skills. problem is, yeah, that might be more. Uh, yeah, more accurate than bassoon because bassoon is just kind of like an accepted sadness, was, yeah. and then I'm just not going to be practicing. Uh, well, it's, I won't be practicing as much. So, like, how could I possibly hold myself to a prior standard? But I'll actually somewhat similar with composition. Uh, even though it's it's seen as more abstract, it's not more abstract. You still have to work it. You have to work that muscle. You have to go in there mm-hmm. and practice the act of composition. You have to do the research, mm-hmm. you know, in air quotes. You have to listen to your excerpts. You have to work through these things. You have to audition. Mm-hmm. I, I put a piece in the mail just yesterday. Mm-hmm. You have to go through this and kind of both try things new and workshop the fundamentals. And I think that dealing with the like the disappointment, I guess, of the expectations of yourself, I think is just to you have to understand those expectations. And they're going to be different for everyone. Like for me, I have to, it's a hard thing. I have to remind myself of really what I actually want and also compare that to the reality of That's- what of what I put into it. Because some people, mm-hmm. for instance, the person we just mentioned, like Saad, incredible composer. He he knows what he wants and he puts in the time to achieve what he wants. He's going to do that three hours a day and then deal with business and then listen and then think about the music. He's getting in there. He sharpens the pencils. Uh, he sits down at the desk. He's got the coffee at the piano and he goes and he puts in that time and he's adamant about putting in that time. And he has and it pays off and he knows what he wants. He wants to be a great composer and he's putting those steps. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, it took me a while to like, I combat this because I'd expect results like that. But just more and more as time goes on, I just realized like I actually don't like doing that. I don't want to go in every day in woodshed. I didn't want to do that for bassoon. I don't want to even do that for, for composition. I like it to be part of my life. It's a significant part. Uh, but I, I can't have the expectations that my music will fit in that same space if I'm also not doing those types of things for it. And 
so I'm, I was holding myself to the, the expectations uh, that, that would require that type of lifestyle. But yet, not only was I holding myself to that, I, I also didn't, don't really want that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's it was just really, so that was really, and, but, and to be genuine and not like a letdown, like, oh, like, I, I don't think I can do this. So I'm, you know, going to um, self-sabotage or even that. Like, no, no, it's actually like, finally, it took years to really realize like, oh, like, it's okay. It's okay. One, it's okay to not like this. And two, it's mm-hmm. like, it's okay to not expect this and to understand that not everyone wants that. For instance, I'm just more interested. I've always been more interested to talking to people, working with musicians, being around them, absorbing it, consuming art, and communicating about it than I ever was in the actual space. I like mm-hmm. I like talking about the piece more than sitting in there grinding it out. And it, and I thought that was just a laziness thing or a fear thing. Maybe some, well, some of that's in there. But actually asking myself, well, like, what do I want to do? It, I didn't want to be the best. I don't want to be the best composer in the room. I want them to think like, wow, that was interesting. Wow, I like what you did there. Wow, that was a great performance. Or you know, to create unique experiences that have meaning and are impactful or to really match this film score or to fulfill the story of this thing. I like working with people and for people, but I, even in, in like, you know, imagine the best case career, I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. just be a composer. And that's not a knock for those who do. It's very hard to do that. Uh, I'd, I'd much rather have this diverse point to where you can be a person of influence in the community to help out stuff, doing admin, doing educational programs. Like now these things I used to do because I thought I needed to do them just to make money. Like some of the companies I work for now, online education programs in the past, teaching theory, uh, all mm. these different things. Before you, you think about it, I probably went into them like, oh, this is steady. I don't mind doing it, but this allows me just to do my creative work. And now I think over time I'm realizing what I actually like doing this. I like going into an office environment. I like managing others. I like spreadsheets. I like dealing with data, moving around files and delivering product and doing mm. all these things you were told to fear. Mm, and that product. others yeah, and like mm. other and like mm-hmm. yeah, like these things that you're you're often told to to avoid, you know, or you're gonna maybe you'll have to do this in order so you can do your, your craft. And for me, I think I'm looking at it more uh, of the lines, just coming to terms with the fact like, no, actually this is what I want to focus to. That I'm, at. it's almost the reverse. Like the mm-hmm. the, the act of composition uh, is part of it and, and fueling the, this other side of things, this giving, being a part of the art community and trying to help all these composers who aren't interested in that. Uh, we're seeing mm-hmm. other people John Hong's coming into this space, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. uh, going in there. People need bios. What does he do? He, he, he kept writing them, writing them, realizing problems. He goes in there, he fixes them. Mm-hmm. Resumes, you, uh, the people coming in the orchestras. We're seeing a lot of young people coming in there into this space and not from the angle of like, oh, I just want to promote my solo career, but I had this nice side gig. Like now it's, it's coming to define them. So I think, uh, you know, rant over, it's understanding trying to really understand what you want and mm-hmm. and also understanding uh, how you know you're you're going to get what you put in that time and not to expect mm-hmm. results 
that you haven't geared yourself to. Do you say that in a more elegant way? I would say to deal with negativity about your skills, the the feeling of frustration, um, when what you need to do is drown those negative feelings with work, drown them with action. Because over time when you are, even though you may sound bad, if you're actively working at it, it doesn't matter if it sounds bad right now, it'll sound better later. And you're, by working, you're getting closer. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been feeling really stressed about these auditions, but you know, after the past couple of days of just like devoting my life to them, I'm like less worried about making a fool of myself. I understand that I'm doing the best I can. And that's all you can really do. And then you keep moving forward. So if you feel negative, just put it down. Take a 5, 10, 15, 20-minute break and then come back and just see if it's a little better. It usually is a little bit better. I think that uh, having good breaks and, and, and spending time away from it is huge. But the act is coming back. So if you keep coming back, if you keep taking those licks and keep on ticking, uh, the negative feelings will not become overwhelming. They'll just be there. That'll always be there. You'll always be critical of yourself. So don't ever try to get away from that because your critical mind is what makes you better. It's what keeps you from being complacent and it keeps you asking questions. But as you're asking questions, backing up those questions with work and with Mm -hmm. the process is how you kind of get over that. And that's just stuff I've had to learn over time. I mean, think think about it like that. Yeah, like... Like Muhammad Ali, is he the strongest? No. Is he the no. fastest? Probably not. Probably up there. No. But like, like any of these like athletes, they're still in. The, they they put in work. Hell they put yeah! In work and they trust the process. It didn't matter uh, if 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 LeBron wins the game. It doesn't matter. He he's in the gym the next day. He may he might oh, be yeah. staying after. Oh and yeah. They're they're always putting in the time and Kobe. even being great. Kobe, it's a machine. Uh, Jerry Rice, great, like Jerry uh, Jerry Rice, like one of the the OGs of worth ethic, like just changed the game, mm-hmm. and he got to be great because he just he didn't stop, and he he just trusted in a process. I'm still myself just needing to put in, you know, really try to trust in a process. It's hard. It's hard for us as music, particularly in the composition sphere, because as you know, when you try to write something, ugh, you know, it can be bad, but Everyone I know, and, and I bet, Drew, you can speak to this too, regardless of how good they were walking in to a Juilliard, the people who have done well just put in work. It was like that, particularly in undergrad. I can think of some people who are great who mm-hmm. haven't done a, uh, done a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some of those people who, who came in there who were not, who were not good, not particularly Me. good. And they just... Me. But they, the one thing they did was they just, they practiced, they got it there. They often, they realized it like, uh-oh, I'm not doing as, you know, I'm, I'm not doing as well as everyone else. They had examples, but they just knew that I'm going to go in there and work. And maybe regardless of if, if that changed instantly and they got better and better, better, or if it took a long time, those who put in the work continued out. They finished the degree, they've gone on, they're doing very well. And if you're lucky to have both, be very good and continue the work, you know, the sky's the limit. They didn't arrive. And that's yeah. something, uh, shout out to my boy, Dave Rochella. Uh, who's a French yeah, horn player. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we were together. We weren't together. Okay, we weren't. We were like together. Together, together. Together, together. But we like shared a cabin in Brevard, 2011. Now, he was the homie. Like, he introduced me to, like, dubstep and marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't I – Dude, smoke, that sounds like a Brevard experience. No, it was the best. That was, like, still to this day, that was top three summers of my entire life. It was it was transformative. North Carolina, Brevard, North Carolina. And shout out, shout out. Wait, what so, years – wait, hold on. What years were you there? 2011. I might have seen you play. Just fun. You might have seen I me? I drove in, were yeah, because during undergrad – no, I wasn't there. Um, okay. I never even applied to the composition thing, but I would drive in because I was about an hour, hour I'm an hour and a half Wisconsin? from Bavar. Remember Wisconsin? Uh, maybe Rhapsody in Blue. I went a few times between summer. Do you remember them? I remember what I played. There was a film concert. There was, um, they played The Village, Joshua Bell. I went to a few. It might have been. Okay. It would. I wasn't in the Joshua Bell one. It might I was in the Robert McDuffie one. He played Tchaikovsky. I can't um, remember. Yeah, you know, it's it's only been. I played the Yo Yo Ma one. It was New World Symphony and uh, Rococo. Rococo. Yeah, and he joined the orchestra after uh, for New World. That was pretty dope. What a boss! But anyways, that had been a wild blast in the past. There's a good. There's a good chance I was. I was at least on the premise. Occasionally, bro, I because I just didn't I'm, live too far away. We probably passed each other and like we're like fuck I was is like, this fuck nerd? that guy. Yeah, nerd, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Dude, I was I so, oh my God. I cringe when I think about myself and the type of person I was before 2020. I'm just, <laughs> I just cringe. <laughs> I just cringe. Like, I cringe so hard that I create a, an anomaly in the space time continuum. Just like, what a, a nice fissure. Fucking nerd. It really I hurts. Was. Dude, nothing's worse. Nothing makes you want to delete. Uh, like a Facebook more than just the time, time lapse. It's oh. just like, hey, here's here's that the thing you thought that was really funny four years ago. You look like a complete idiot. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why any girls ever kissed me ever. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, but, until uh, you had a weed and dubstep in 2011, like that changed everything. That was huge. But then actual weed in like 2018 was like a real game changer. And I think that <laughs> I, I became a much a much calmer person in terms mm. of like it it taught I understood why there were people that existed that just don't give a fuck about anything, what people think about them. And like that's how I feel. <laughs> it's weird. I still haven't I still haven't done it yet. It's it's kind of wild. Bro, it's not And I'm not even like deep. I'm not even like yeah, I'm I'm like super pro. Like you should, you, should do it, you should definitely do it once. Oh, I need with, to. Yeah, I need uh, to. Somebody that you trust that'll show you the fun aspects, dude. But I will say, you know, I use it mostly for getting stuff done that I really don't want to do. That's a like great cleaning pairing. or oh, that's exercise. That's really smart. Or doing issues. Yeah, I just get super high I and had I just one- do all my tr- so one uh, roommate, a uh, good friend like of mine. Actually, I've always been. Oh, mm. but you like my yeah, Skype's not blurring, Hershey, not blurring Hershey, that. Hershey's kiss around my chest, right? A little kiss, <laughs> a little kiss. But uh, so so one thing. Um, yeah, one of my roommate. I 
Because if we're thinking undergrad, you know, it's 2009 to 13. Like there's the debates. We're now finally like opening the shift in the cultures, like constantly talking about marijuana and it's kind of opening it up. It's still, you know, only medical in some places, very illegal in other places, war on drugs, yada, yada, yada. And not an enlightening, like not that I thought it was bad. I just was a loser and had no access to it and just really not interested because I was also a win, I was a wind player. So I was like, I'm not going to smoke anything. Uh, I'm going to have a big career in bassoon. Um, <laughs> and then for composition, I was like, I don't want to mentally cheat for my compositions. But I had one one roommate uh, I lived with. I always wound up living with stoners. But he was always so just like, he was always so like tight and like frustrated. And we always joke, like he would just, almost every day, he would smoke or bait, would do something. And, mm-hmm. but what he did was he would work. He was way more efficient yep. than me. He wrote way more yep. music. He did way mm-hmm. more like work work. And for him, you know, it was, reminded me of a conception. It was like, it was, that was his reality, but he mm-hmm. was so just tight and wound up and so like kind of frustrating to be with as a mm-hmm. roommate. He's a great friend. But, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the other roommates, like when he'd be like really like anal about something, they'd be like, dude, mm-hmm. just please just go, go smoke. Hit the blind, go smoke something. Because he'd just, just, just get angry about, you know, is there, is there hair on the sink? House meeting, house meeting. Who shaved? There's hair on the sink. <laughs> like there's, the, I, I see a hair. Look, let's look at it. And we're like, dude, you just need to go chill. And he would, but instead of being like your lazy bum, eating potato chips like the movie, he would go in his room and like work for four hours. Oh, stoners. Look, that was the biggest thing that I learned. Uh, and the biggest reason why I even gave it a try was because a lot of people that I looked up to that had really great work ethic, Juilliard trained musicians, people mm-hmm. winning jobs. I also would hang out with them and they'd be like, hey, you want to hit this? And I was like, wait, what? you smoke yeah. weed? What? And then like, you know, there's Joe Rogan and there's uh, there's like uh, Dave Chappelle. And there's, there's all these really- All the presidents, not except Trump. And that ah, explains a but lot. He, but he does Adderall. <laughs> dude, he, no, he's Which just, is like a methamphetamine. Like he does just like tan, tanning booths. But, oh uh, my God. That, no, no, well, no, but you're like Obama, the yeah. Choom Gang or whatever, those famous photos. Bush, all of them, uh, like dude, they, they, all, smoke they were all doing cannabis, And man. like, look at it. I'm not okay. Here, here. I want to say. Oh yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Though, we need to put that. It's, it is. It is a Schedule One drug. So be careful. If it's not legal, don't do it. If you're not age, we're here in don't California. So like, we're here in California. I really have so no excuse saying, why I haven't. So, but yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's intimidating if you've never done it. Okay, and so I want people to be safe. It all. If you also have some mental health issues, don't do it because it can, with people that are predisposed to schizophrenia, it can activate that, especially when taken orally as an edible. So you need Mm -hmm. to be aware of that. Also, you want to be with somebody who is familiar with bringing new people in on the drug so that you don't get a bunch and and do too much. And then you have like an existential crisis. You just want to have a little bit of a buzz your first couple of times. Mm -hmm. Don't go for, don't go to try to like land on the moon and start rapping. I've got some issues that nobody can see when all of these emotions are pouring out of me. I bring them (laughs) to the light for you. Uh, you don't want to be man on the moon. You don't want to mm-hmm. go kid cutty on. But you be I think it's man on a mountain. You don't want to leave the atmosphere. 
Yeah, don't stay stay in the stay in the atmosphere where you can breathe. <laughs> but it is a good point. And I do know so many. There's so many highly successful people. Of course, you know there's so many people who are not doing well and who don't know how to use it. But like anything, it it can be a tool. And it sounds like you found a good use for it. It can make things that suck more enjoyable. But at least <clears> having this, I like how you said it. Like having a, a guide to being introduced to this mm-hmm. and finding finding a balance and a purpose for it like you would with anything else, like you would with exercise, mm-hmm. diet, another hobby, another activity. What's nice about this is you can you this this can just be another tool to, to get you through stuff that sucks and maybe you're more likely to do it. I actually like how you phrased it <laughs> because instead of just like, oh, I'm going to do this all the time or and like losing control, it sounds like you used one of our, our new favorite strategies everyone mentions reward bundling to be like mm-hmm. i'm only gonna like smoke or use the substance reward when, bundling child economic yeah when i'm when i'm directly aligning it with like cleaning or something or you know it's like if i do this i could use it or if i'm going to be doing it i could use it during uh that's oh, that's not a bad idea because it'll limit you you're not gonna clean all the or time ladies, when you need to or ladies dude i went on a really really great date let's hear it and she hasn't texted me back like it was on saturday we had a great time and i texted her this morning i haven't heard back man i'm feeling sad man i'm feeling sad i was supposed to have a date today but then she was working too much and okay so moral of the story is don't date just work that's true work just work. Um, just, just, just work. Get your life in. Just, just, just work. Like high that. clean and work. Um, I am. I'm running low on time. Is there mm-hmm. anything else you would love to talk about? I mean, is we there are anything just about, else? We're in the the hour mark. So th- everyone, thanks for your questions. We're keeping it tight because, like as we said, Drew got to get in there. Mm-hmm. He's got to. Mm-hmm. He's got to go do this audition. He's got to fly out to the. I got to get back to practicing. You know, hit yeah, him up while you're there. The viola, oh man, he's getting that eye. Like I heard you talking oh, yeah, about yeah. hanging out, having fun, and hey, just like getting in. Viola's here, like, hey, put in that. My work. viola's like W Y D, homie. Like you will come through <laughs> and get some of this wood. <laughs> All right, everybody. By the time you hear this, Jewel have already knocked out this audition. And uh, it would have knocked me out. He's, he's already <laughs> but, been knocked uh, out, and then he's already uh-huh. back in sunny LA. But thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep it clean. Thanks for listening. We do have exciting yeah. things on the horizon. And we'll, oh, we'll reveal, yeah. we, reveal, we, we, we shall reveal those to you at the appropriate oh, yeah. time. But thanks, oh, all. Yeah. This has been another and, uh, uh, episode of the Thinking uh, Enormous Podcast. podcast. Uh, leave us a rating. Five stars only. Five stars only. Five, Five stars, stars or only. Drew won't, won't uh, win this audition. Oh, oh, and we oh, will gonna solely collect. Hold, this, hold you what? responsible. If they, they don't give I'm us gonna, five stars, you, we lose. What, were you, what are you going to do to them? I'm going to take all of the dust in my room. And I'm gonna deposit it on your next burger. So just you will have allergies. Please. Allergies. You will have allergies. Five stars. Sneeze. <gasps> 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 <gasps>